0: All right, what's up, guys? This is Albershak Nazarov, the owner and founder of Axelite. Today, on our first episode of Rise of Entrepreneur, we have our special guest, somebody who just made $18,000 in one month and dominated a sales industry within Axelite. His name is Isaac Gonzalez. Isaac, welcome to the stage. Welcome on this podcast. You are the first guest. Now, we had a contest here. Uh, whoever wins, whoever dominates this contest, not only going to win $5,000 in cash, but also is going to be able to get the gold and be the first guest on rise of an entrepreneur. How do you feel?
1: Uh, man, I feel amazing. I just want to say thank you for having me onto the podcast. You know, it's an honor to be a part of the first, you know, podcast on the show. So yeah, I'm thankful yeah. cool for that.
0: Man, it's our pleasure. I know you have a very, very, you know, dark and yet beautiful story at the same time so why don't you tell the audience you know how was your life growing up Mm -hmm. where you come from and just tell us a little bit about who you are
1: yeah so um like my like albert said i'm my name is isaac isaac gonzalez i was i'm 21 years old currently and i was born born in bristol connecticut um you know it's very peaceful in bristol i would say um it's not not. since last month with all the shootings. <laughs> yeah, that, I always say that it's peaceful until you get beat up in front of your house. So, Is that what happened to you? That, that happened to me. Wow. Yeah, but overall, it's just very peaceful in that area. Um, It's just the area is itself. It's like every other place, you know. You're going to have your bad areas. You're going to have your good areas. Did you go to Bristol High School? Yeah, I went to Bristol Central High School. Graduated in t- 2019, so it was fairly recently. It was good times in, in Bristol for me.
0: Tell me more about your background. I mean, where you come from. How was growing up in Bristol?
1: A little bit about my background. I was living with my grandma for you know majority of my life. So I was raised with my two uncles, Alejandro and Lorenzo. And, you know, it was a good time because Alejandro was actually similar in my age. So he was kind of like an older brother for me. So he kind of helped guided me. I looked up to him as a young age. But growing up in Bristol, you know, I had a lot of friends over there. I still do. Everybody that I know in my circle... During the time I was growing up, they always wanted better for themselves.
0: Okay. And you play any sports growing up? Were you fairly competitive?
1: To be honest, I wasn't as competitive as I am now, uh, but I did growing up playing like baseball. Like that's where it started. It all started for myself when I grew that passion for sports. I started off with the little league. Eventually, when I got to high school, I grew the love for football. So I really was focused on football, but I was really competitive for football wise as well.
0: Now, the purpose of this podcast for our listeners to understand Mm -hmm. is to be able to show them that anyone at any time can become an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. can go out there and work for themselves and grow financially, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm going to get very direct, very personal, the needy, the greedy. We're going to get down and dirty with you. Love it. So tell me about your childhood. Mm. How were you programmed? What what were you around? What did you see growing up?
1: That's a great question. So, growing up, I want to say I was rich, I want to say I was middle class, I also want to say I was too poor. Growing up, you know, I seen a lot of things in terms of like being around drugs, being around, you know, bad people that you shouldn't be around. But I would say that had an impact on my life, but, you know, just growing up, the people around me like my family, my mom, and my grandma, they made it seem like everything was good. So that that was the benefit about growing up even though that we didn't have money like the most money or you know there was times where the bills were paid late they always made made it seem like everything was okay that we were we had the money we were rich even though they made it seem like everything was okay mm-hmm. did you know that it wasn't there was a point in my life where i eventually figured out that it wasn't like money, how old were you it's very hard to determine i would say that I was fairly young still like when you asked like hey like can i get like these new pair of shoes or like in that situation where you see like your friends or the people at school are able to get, like, this item. That
0: elementary school, middle school, high school, I would say elementary? Yeah,
1: okay, definitely elementary. All right.
0: At what point, what happened in your life that you said, yeah, things are not okay?
1: Like, I would say high school. That's the biggest for me. I would say, like, when things were, like, I was getting to that point where it was, like, I'm becoming 16, and my mom's like, oh, you need a job. And I'm like, imagine if I'm 18 where I have to be on my own, you know, where I have to support for myself. So I noticed that really quickly at a young age where it's, like, you really going to provide for yourself and your family. That's when I knew it wasn't okay. So who did Isaac wanted
0: to grow up to be when he was younger?
1: Growing up, I, I grew a love for football. And I would say the biggest thing for me was making it to the NFL. I would say I, my dreams and my aspirations, I would I was trying to make it to the NFL.
0: So were you any good at football?
1: I would say I was good, but I'm not to admit it. Now, looking back at it now, I was definitely not an NFL mm-hmm. shape okay. material. Yeah. Why? What were you missing? I would say that mentality, that dog mentality, that commitment. And w-
0: when did you develop that?
1: Here to be honest with you. I would, yeah, I would say Axe really shaped my competitiveness, the way I chase my goals, the way I view different perspectives. I always was just one-sided at things.
0: Let's go a couple pages back, right? Yep. Because you're talking about Axe Lead and your competitiveness. Yep. How did you stumble upon Axe Tell me the story about you finding Axe Lead.
1: That's a great question, actually. So I was in a dark place before X. Um, you know, I was working a bunch of jobs. I would quit after a week. So there was a point where I was just applying. I was like, hey, you know, I just want... What's watched. the worst job you ever worked? The worst job? Definitely Goodwill. Goodwill? Goodwill in Bristol, yeah, because I had to clean toilets. They didn't have a Goodwill? No, nah, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. But, I mean, it, it just taught me a lot of things, like what I didn't want in life.
0: What did you see that made you say that?
1: It was just the way people are treating each other. Like, it's this, like, employees to, like, just actual people. It wasn't really service to many, how it should be. Or, like, just cleaning toilets, and it's like, that, that's... So the, that was
0: your job. That your was job, job was a janitor. I wasn't a, a... custodian.
1: It, it wasn't a custodian. I would say I had a lot of positions. I, I was a man with many hats. Okay. So, so I was taking donations. So run
0: me through your day at Goodwill. You, you okay. show up, what time, what do you do? What's, what, what, what is it like working at Goodwill? We're going to tag him after.
1: Yeah, right? Right. So I would I would say I got out CCSU. I was going to college at the time. I would get out around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and then I would go to Goodwill around that 5 p.m. and throwing on a little apron and then just waiting for somebody to come in, donate something. And then because we were in the back just collecting donations. When a person arrived to donate something, I would take it, grab a slip, write it, give it to them so they could do it for tax write-offs. Um, but then after that, I would have to sort it, price it, put it on like a, a bin, and just throw it out there into the floor. So that's what my my job consisted of. But you could imagine, you know, a lot of people want to do tax write-offs or be a good person, so they donate a lot. You know, I had hundreds of people coming in every single day, so it was definitely not easy. But
0: and then what? Once you do that, once you do the write-offs, you give them the slip. What else?
1: Yeah, just say have a good day, um, and then sort the items that they gave me. Like we categorized it as shirts like clothing mm-hmm. so i would throw it in if it was closing throw it in a bin but if it was like actual items like plates like antiques i would actually look at it um and then we actually self-priced it so we're the ones that were like pricing it on the spot did
0: you know what we were doing
1: i mean i would look at it and i would assume like hey this is two dollars but who knows it could have been like a thousand dollar so right for
0: there. all of our listeners that are in the sales industry see the price is made up exactly right so the price is a myth anybody can make up a price it's all about the value, right? And if I would have shown up with, to you in a Goodwill and I said, oh, my goodness, this is a China from Emperor. This was from 1800s. Right away, you would think that the value of this item is a much larger value and you should you know, price it at a higher price,
1: right? When it comes to that, we actually had like a certain area where we could consider it like kind of like a higher-valued item. You know, our supervisor would be like, hey, that's a really h- good, like, valued item. Let me see it. They would just ship it off to, like, Goodwill, the corporation, and then they would put it up for auction because it would oh. be worth a lot more. But who knows, like, a lot How of items. How many it- you missed? Exactly. I- items that slipped through the cracks, so you don't really know.
0: Gotcha. There was a picture that you sent me. Oh, yeah. Right? And the, in that picture, you looked, one, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Two, you showed me what you were doing, which was cleaning the most nastiest, dirtiest bathrooms I've ever seen. And looking at you today, two different people. Mm-hmm. So where was that job?
1: That was Goodwill. That was Goodwill. Yeah, that was at Goodwill. And that was required in the position um, from the beginning. Like I was doing that. There was so many times I did that even before yeah. that video. So that wasn't just one time.
0: Wow. Today you're a different man.
1: I agree. I agree. How now. much
0: money were you getting paid to clean bathrooms to work for Goodwill?
1: To be completely honest with you, it was really bad. Like It was not worth it. I was struggling what was it? To find, I couldn't put a price at it, but like we were getting paid every two weeks, and I believe it was like three hundred.
0: Every two weeks, three hundred. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about twelve hundred. No, not even. It
1: was, I believe it was like during the time where we were getting paid. Paid minimum wage was like twelve, twelve. Twelve, twelve. I think okay. so. Yeah.
0: What did you make last month?
1: Eighteen k. Eighteen thousand.
0: Eighteen thousand dollars. It would have taken you the entire year to make eighteen thousand dollars working for Goodwill when you made that in one month.
1: Yeah, it would have probably took me longer at Goodwill. Um, I actually had a good, a better position that paid me eighteen k a year, and that was at security. I was getting constant like three seventy five per wow. week, and that would have equaled out to eighteen k. So I could have been making like ten to twelve k. Talk to me about. The mindset
0: of you now being one of the guys, you just made $18,000 last month. Mm -hmm. What does that do to your mindset? What does that do to your confidence?
1: It it just truly makes you believe like anything is possible. To this moment, I'm still in disbelief because, you know, obviously I didn't get that full amount just yet. You know, I did get the 5K and I put it away right away. Like I didn't even get it. Just kind of like have it saved. Um, But just to make from going from 18K and then thinking about my life at 18,000 in a year compared to a month is just surreal to me like it's I, I still like trying to i'm trying to grasp it you know the reality ahead. of it
0: tell me how'd you come across actually never answer that question
1: that's a great question so the way i came across it was from kevin diaz i seen an indeed post so during uh-huh. that time i used to bounce from job to job like i was quitting a job and then i would be at the same job working on a shift and looking for a new job right away so i'm just scrolling through indeed and I actually, funny enough, I, I watched Wolf of Wall Street the night before and I seen <laughs> I seen X Elite there and I was just like, What is that? So I clicked on it and it was at a sales positions where like we're hiring. I applied and you know I didn't I didn't hear back from it for a while. Like I didn't pay much attention because I applied to like thirty other places in the yep, so yep, yep. So I didn't really pay too much mind to it. And then I was at my other security job in Amazon working at a warehouse and it was completely nobody there. It was really boring. Like I was just sitting there watching netflix the whole time and i received a call it looked like a like a number i didn't know so i picked it up and it was kevin diaz and i thought it was a scam from the beginning just based off his accent his thick accent so during that time i would i was so bored i would actually answer those scam calls and mess with them a
0: little mm-hmm. bit.
1: so mm-hmm. i answered that call thinking it was a scammer but then he was like yeah like we're located out of east hartford and i was like that's familiar like you know, most of the time they don't know where East Hartford right, is. Right, social proof. Exactly. So <laughs> that, exactly. So he's pretty much sold me based off the social proof. And he was like, Axe Elite, search it up. The first thing, when I looked up Axe Elite during that time, the first thing that actually came up was like baseball bats. So yes. I even even then, I still didn't believe it. I was just like, no, I'm just going to go anyways. Because yep. What do I got to lose? So that's how I, you know, I found Axe Elite.
0: Wow. Wow, <laughs> that's you right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good picture. That was, that was me working at the hospital in Bristol. Secured. What was
0: important to you? Like in that that Isaac right there, what's important to you in that moment of your life?
1: That's a good question. So I would say like, I didn't really have, the one thing that was truly important to me during that time, to be honest with you, was probably my girlfriend. That was probably like the most important know person to me like the thing was i didn't have anything that because was
0: she thing loved thing. you for who you were
1: exactly exactly <laughs> she loved me she loved the real me even look at my hair who would love she, lo- <laughs> she, she
0: loved the real you yeah. or the worse you
1: i mean both she, she saw both sides of me so i, I would say both
0: There's so do, do, do you feel like you're going after success it makes you not
1: real you not at all i feel like it the one thing that i hear a lot is like you know the money really makes you who, like who you truly are. Yep. And I feel like you know as I make more, ni- more money, I'm becoming really who I am as a person. Very good. Because I'm not really focused on the money. I'm more focused on myself and myself.
0: How well. were you able to convince your girlfriend to be with you?
1: That's that's a good question. So I came because you
0: don't look like <laughs> the guy in the in the picture that can convince somebody to be your girlfriend.
1: Yeah, uh, I would say you know you seem high school. Timid. You seem yeah.
0: shy. You seem uncomfortable unconfident. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you meet her?
1: Uh, she's currently not my girlfriend now, but I, the way I met her was a uh, senior year in high school. Um, we are actually like, we, we knew friends of friends. So we kind of connected based off of that. Yeah. And you know, I guess I was just a sweet talker. just the way. What I did she see in you? Most definitely like looks wise. I would say like that's the first biggest thing anybody you can You
0: look like Channing Tatum? You know how that is? Channing Tatum?
1: I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. You know, I, I hear a lot of <laughs> ladies talking about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What is it called? The movie he's in?
1: There's 21 Uh, Jump Street.
0: What is it? Magic Mike. Mike. Yeah, Magic (laughs) Mike. Never saw that. No? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to go back to Kevin Diaz calling you. Yeah. Sets up the interview. You think it's a scam, but he was able to use social proof to be able to kind of just allow you to say, you know what? Let me check this out. Mm -hmm. What happened?
1: So the... What happened when I first came to the doors or my mindset before?
0: No, what happened when you came to the doors of State? I heard that you didn't even get a position.
1: Yeah, I didn't. So I walked in and, you know what, the first thing that stood out to me is, you know, obviously I don't look Puerto Rican, but, you know, I grew up around Puerto Ricans. How do Puerto Ricans look? A darker color. A darker, tanner color, okay. I would say. Because um, my family-wise, they're a little bit... My Well, my family are a little white-skinned for Puerto Ricans. They're, they're lighter-skinned. Gotcha. Um, right. So Kevin Diaz, I knew off the bat, he looked Puerto Rican. So I saw yeah. that, and I see a lot of Puerto Ricans in my family. He's mad Puerto Rican. Really, like straight off the <laughs> islands. <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, that's that's how my family is. So I kind of re- saw that resemblance in my like family. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, you know, most of my family who are Puerto Rican, they're not anything great. Don't They don't dress sharp. They dress, you know, kind of... Bumming, I would be honest. Um, but then seeing Kevin Diaz coming in with a suit, being Puerto Rican, it really kind of gave me hope. Like it yeah. gave me, like, wow, like, like he did it. You know, why not my family? I know
0: so many Puerto Ricans that are sharp.
1: Exactly, yeah. Oh,
0: my goodness. You know, such an amazing culture, people. You know, yeah. my wife is Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, So, you know, we, we fly out there all the time, and there's so many great people, so many great uh, personalities mm-hmm. and cultural. So, like... I think the difference is that you know when people are here right you're not exposed to the greater versions of other people
1: I agree I would just say it's just my my environment that made me have that perspective or that stigma mm. of myself where it's like where I did see Kevin it was a different perspective yeah. I'm not used to that exactly so it's not like everybody but it was okay. more just my environment itself
0: yep. okay and what happened
1: so after that you know he asked me good questions um, you know being honest with myself and just i i was being honest i was being truthful i thought i actually did had a good interview um but he was like hey i'll give you a call back we'll go from there after you know discussing a couple for a couple of, i i believe the interview was like an hour yep so we were going back and forth i don't recall exactly what happened cuz i had a couple of interviews so it kind of gets me mixed up in the yep. in the loops but um but i thought we, it went good i thought i was like yeah i definitely got that but then he, i never heard a call from him so That's when I took the initiative. I was texting him, like, every week. Because I really saw the vision. He really sold me on the vision. Wow. Like, yeah. So he definitely sold me on the uh, the vision on Axley and what it could do for me. And it was, like, every interview I went to is just, like, you know how, like, you you kind of like for me personally i was going to interview after interview i
0: haven't interviewed in a job in the past 14 years so, so you're not you're no not familiar. yeah you're not familiar yeah, but I'm with, not familiar.
1: with me personally like it, it, i was going to interview after interview because i was quitting job after job so it was like kind of the point where i'm like recognizing the same questions that they ask every mm. interview so i was preparing myself before and i was like okay he's going to ask me this question i know he is there's no way he's not but then when i walked into here and like the game was thrown off guard. He, he was doing a whole, like different. a whole different like perspective. And that's what I really liked about it. It was because it was different. It wasn't the same where I encountered every single time. Right. And then he picked like what painted the, the picture. It was just like, dude, you work for yourself. And that's exactly yep. what I was looking for. It was just being a better me. Um, and then working for myself.
0: Very good. Now you never got a call from him or you did
1: never got a call.
0: Okay. So you, you did not get the op- opportunity.
1: No, it was definitely passed on.
0: Okay. So, Boom! He passes on on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you come across Axley for a second time?
1: So that's a good question. So I was uh, I was actually texting Kevin. I was like, hey, like every like few weeks, I didn't hear back from him. I would be like, hey, you any got any positions? Got any positions? Um, what's the status? Um, and then eventually, I went because I noticed that Joey Frechette worked here. You know, that's my guy from high school. Wow. Yeah. So I, I have much respect and love for the guy. Um, cause just because we kind of like grew up together, you know, I'm familiar with him. And then I texted him directly to see exactly <laughs> what he could do. I'm like, hey, Joey, like I don't know. If
0: Before you move on, right? Because yeah. for someone to take that much follow-up, for someone to keep messaging a manager and saying, hey, is there positions open? Hey, what's the status? And then identifying that there's a friend of yours that works for the company and reaching out to him to see what he can do, you must have seen something. What was it? What was it that got you to say, man, I really want this?
1: I want to say that I saw something. I, s- I would say I felt something.
0: Okay, that's even better.
1: What yeah, did you feel? I just felt like it was the right fit for me. Because like you know I had so many different experiences going to job after job. It's just like I know what I didn't want. And then like, coming to Axelite and having, having that interview with Kevin, it like, made me feel like what I wanted. Like Everything he was saying, the reason why it got me so intrigued with it was because he was saying everything that I was looking for
0: good now what happened
1: with joy Joey said, Joey yeah so he ended up getting me an interview with his team leader at the time uh he was like hey we we're actually you know looking for people um uh, christian's gonna be reaching out to you and so he reached out to me directly christian um he was like hey i heard you were looking for an interview uh coming at this time so you know and then the, the crazy part about it was um kevin was about to have me coming for a war zone literally like the same day it was like the same timing he was like I Because I texted him, like, three days before I texted Joey, and then he finally got back to me, and he was just like, oh, I might have you come in for, like, a war zone or, like, a doghouse or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, I already have an interview there. And he was like, no problem. He was like, you're good. And then I just ended up getting an interview with Christian, and same things. I thought it was, it was going good. I thought I came in.
0: Who presented it better?
1: Who? I would say Kevin. Kevin, Jesus, yeah. Kevin. Uh, I would say Christian just kind of picked the ball up. Where it was left off, kind of, because I it. I kind of already seen it, but the, what really like, so the, he didn't do
0: the whole thing again.
1: No, he did. Oh, he did. Okay, he did it from start to finish. Yeah, And then yeah. I, would, I would say Kevin definitely presented it better because of like the passion he put behind it. Interesting. Like the passion is the accent. The ac- it definitely <laughs> was the accent. I was just like, man, this dude is sharp. Like, nice. Like, I yeah, like it. So I, I would like say it. Kevin presented it better. Um, but then Christian, like, I kind of have that had that respect for Christian because it seemed like he did want me to come on board. Like, and he, then
0: what? what happened
1: after the interview yes after the interview he was He still didn't get a position still didn't get a yeah so he was just like (laughs) so the funny part about it he was like after the interview he's like i'm gonna be honest with you isaac and i was like be honest and he was like this interview is a six i'm in my head i'm like i I took offense to that i was like damn like a six like i was thinking that i came in sharp and he was just like yeah it's a six he was like you know what i'm gonna do for you though he's like if you could send me a two minute video on why you should be in this opportunity we may consider it. Like, we're going to send it to, like, the NLO during that time. Yep. I didn't know the founders. Yep. And he was just like, yeah, we're just going gonna to evaluate the video and consider it. And, you know, in my mind, automatically, I'm like, I already missed out on the first opportunity. I'm like, fuck, they didn't want me. And then yep. the second time around, they're like, oh, they don't even say he's a six. Yep. So in my mind, I was kind of mad. I'm, I was pretty pissed. So I'm like, nah, I'm not going to send the video. So I didn't end up saying the video because I was just so mad. Um, and then I would say like a week goes by, I actually still have a position at a security job that same night I ended up getting fired by my boss, like from the security job. Cause I, I just worked six days in a row or no seven days in a row. And he wanted me to come in again for, you know, another shift. And I was like, you know, I'm tired to be honest. Like, I'm not going to come in today. And he was just like, he was like, you could, he was like, you know, you're, you're done. You're fired. And he was like, wow. he's like, until you bring that uniform, you're not going to get your check. And literally like 20 minutes after, or no, I would say like. An hour later, because um, it was kind of nighttime when you guys called me for that
0: interview. 11:45 p.m.
1: Yeah, called that's me. one time we called you. Yeah, he called me. Or right. once he fired me, I would say like an hour went by. I received another call from Christian. I was like, "What does he want?" Like it's yeah. in the video. Like what is? I, like, <laughs> it's done. It's done. Deal. And he was like, "Isaac, you get in here right now." Like, we got a third interview. This is all or nothing. And I was yeah. just like, that's a sign right there. Yeah. Like, that's like, I just got fired. Wow. And then I'm just going to, why not just take it? My car during that time, I was unregistered. I think I was like, like really broke. I had. I was negative to my pockets. I didn't even know how I was going to get there. So I ended up taking my mom's car at night. Like, I just stole it from her. But yeah. I was, I'm sure that she would have understood if she yeah. knew. But I just ended up just taking it and just going on a ride. So
0: you show up, it's about 11.45. 11:50 p.m., right? What's going through your mind?
1: I'm not gonna so
0: cuz that's unusual, right? Yeah. There's no job interview, there's no company that tells you come in at 11:45 p.m. to show how committed you are.
1: I would tell you that, you know, the if I didn't have the other two interviews, then I would have been a little bit suspect about it. Of course. <laughs> you know, but like I knew like what you guys were about. I knew the culture was odd anyways. So getting yeah. that call wasn't really surprising to me. Yeah. So I like I in my mind I was like, if I don't get this after doing this, is this like, there's definitely something wrong with me that I have to change. You know, being like, there's like there's obviously something that I'm not doing.
0: What right. was the most awkward part about that?
1: Most awkward is just walking into a room full of sharks. I would say, and just being like, I expected it to be like you and like two people, but like, mm. it was just
0: it was a bunch of us. Yeah, yeah. like
1: fifteen. Like yeah. I, I don't even remember like, exact number, but it was like everybody there. I'm like. Yep. Damn, I like I used to skip school f- during like presentations to my classmates. Like, right, I would never even see myself presenting, or all eyes on you for you know however long that was that interview that night was. Um, I would never have seen myself doing that.
0: How was your started actually? It wasn't pretty, huh?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you the one thing. i There was one situation with you one time. You're like, hey, who, who's had who's ever eat, or who ate dinner last night? I didn't eat dinner that, that night, but I had, I ate chips and you're like, raise your hand. And then I didn't raise my hand. And then you're like, you didn't eat, did you eat yesterday? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I had the chips in my head. And then you're like, if you don't want to be here, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> and I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, it's like my week into like the company. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they don't like me for sure. Yeah, and I yeah. I'm definitely consider quitting, but yeah. I'm glad I didn't quit that night. Wow. Yeah. So
0: why didn't you eat dinner that night?
1: Cause I can't I can't allow something so small to affect my my journey. I knew that it was something so, so.
0: Not not Why you didn't quit? Why yeah. didn't you dinner?
1: Oh no! That night it was because during that time I was really broke. You know, to be honest, I was really I couldn't support myself. Wow. I don't expect my mom to support me. You know, because I'm a grown grown man.
0: Is there many nights prior to actually where you didn't have dinner?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. But I would I would say like the biggest thing that helped me um, was definitely my girlfriend at the time. She used to like. Her grandparents were just lovely people. They would, you know, I would come over there. They would feed me, make sure I was fed right. And I would I would say that that was a big help because I would probably be a lot skinnier if it wasn't for that.
0: Let me ask you, that's the same girlfriend from the picture?
1: Yes, it definitely was because I've been with her for like three years.
0: Okay. What was the reason why you guys broke up?
1: It was just, I was just a shitty person at the time, to be honest. I wasn't just the best version of myself that I could be. And you know, obviously, like when you're in the first relationship, you have that like lovey stage, and you seem more that you're not, and then you eventually become more of yourself, and that's why I I just think that's what happened. Yeah, kind of just split apart because I was becoming more of myself, not that right person.
0: You had a very quick start to making a sale. You you closed like three locations, yeah. right, on the first couple days after training, and then you went dry.
1: I would say that had to do with being put from files to five G. I would say it was something new to me. I was just starting to get the grasp of Fios. And then all of a sudden, going from Fios to 5G, I, I wanted to take it. I remember Christian having a conversation. He was like, dude, you're doing good on Fios. Just stay there. And I just I just truly really wanted, I don't know why. I just wanted to do 5G. I seen everybody else doing Fios. And I'm like, that's a huge like advantage to be on 5G. Like being the first person to learn 5G, being this. You followed your instinct? I followed my instincts, yeah.
0: Okay. And, and did that pay
1: off? Definitely, definitely.
0: What would you say to a new person who's looking to get into Axelite? Wh- what would they expect
1: to see? What would they expect to see? It's definitely not easy. Like, I would just say, like, so I would say, like, what they should expect is it's not, like, it's not going to be overnight.
0: It's not going to be overnight.
1: Yeah, it's, like, the, the results are not going to be overnight. Okay. You shouldn't expect yourself to be a top producer walking in. You know, if you don't have any exp- experience at it, you know, you should expect your your standards to go up. Yeah. Um, you should just be expect to get ready. You should expect a challenge to be a better you. I would what say. is the
0: hardest part
1: about actually? The hardest is being honest to yourself. Or just, yeah, I would just say being honest to yourself that criticism as well it's not easy nobody everybody avoids criticism in life from my experience growing up um but that i would say like those are the two like hardest things is i would say mindset as well i would say mindset is like one of the hardest things to kind of get a hold of especially in a sales position like, why as, as well as entrepreneur i would say is because you have so much things you have to battle like you have to be able to leave things that are outside of work at what the was the
0: thing that you were battling that was making it hard
1: the one thing that i was battling that was making it harder for me was just my outside influence, my bad habits, the things i was doing beforehand and then thinking that i could still still do those bad habits and expect to win here. So can you
0: give us a list of bad habits that you had that you had to let go?
1: Yeah, i would say like for an example like playing video games to like 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. like every night, watching tv every like every night. Those are like the small things that I had to change in order to really like, you know, get extra sleep in order to come in tomorrow prepared or like smoking weed every, you know, every minute of the day I yeah. was smoking weed. And then and that's that's just bad to do. And then once I stopped doing those little things like, you know, yeah, I still do it here and there, but it's just not as like much as like I used to do it. Because I know that, you know, I do it just to sleep sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's just I'm not doing it just to escape from reality.
0: So. When you go out there and this is what you're doing, right? You're watching TVs, you're playing video games, you're doing everything that does not help you, does not serve you. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to go cold turkey and change overnight to be able to do the things that you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you find a reason? How how were you able to manage to do that?
1: So I would say like the biggest thing is I noticed that it was a pattern like if I stopped doing these little things, that uh, it got me to a, like, like it made me feel better as a person. And I feel like implementing those small things were just gonna make me a, feel like a better human being to make me perform better. So I would say, like, the. It's okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the guy that wants to put everything in real time. With raw talent, yeah.
1: Yeah, on YouTube. I forgot the full questions.
0: Yeah, so the full question is even though you know it's hard, yeah. right? To be able to go overnight and applying oh. these disciplines, how do you find a reason or meaning to do so?
1: Yeah, even like
0: yeah, you want that, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, like the, the, the real reason is just your purpose at the end of the day. Like, wanted to, like me for me, I just want to be a better per like person in general. Yep. So like cold turkeying, I didn't cold turkey. But at that
0: point, you don't know, you don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know better to do better. Yeah, you're doing it.
1: I would say it's that feeling. You know you could be doing better, but you don't know how to do better. You don't know, how to, you don't know where to start to be better.
0: And how did you find out where to start?
1: I would say Axe. Like, I would just say Axe is what propelled me to become a better man. Like, really, truly see that. Because when I... I knew I wanted better before I came to Axe, but I just... I, it, like, hit me when I did come to Axe. Like, I just, like, yeah, I definitely want to change. Like, I see role models. I see yourself. I see people who are making that money. And I'm just, like... If they could do it, why not me?
0: What is that one thing that stood out during your journey here at Lead that made you say, you know what, I want to do this?
1: What was one thing that stood out to me in this journey?
0: Was it the money? Was it the culture? Was it the trainings? What was it? Was it the leadership that said, you know what, I really like being here and I really want to do this?
1: I would just see the support, the culture. Like, you go anywhere in life, nobody wants to see each other win. And I, I... I still find that to this day like awesome that the like the person next to you is supporting one another. Like they yeah. really truly want you to win. Yeah. Like I, I find that just like one of the best things you could have in life because that's true teamwork right there is being wanting to see the person next to you eat just as much as you want to eat. And,
0: and that's what most people don't understand, right? Yeah. The most people, what they do is that they're around their environment, they're around the people that they know, right? And they the people that they know, they're stuck. So what do you think happens to the person? He gets stuck. Mm-hmm. Right? And now it's everybody stuck and no one knows how to get out of the ditch. So everybody's stuck. Everybody is doing the same exact shit that everyone else is doing. No one knows better, so no one does better. And then they end up saying, when somebody says, hey, I'm not going to get into that ditch. I'm going to do better. They say, no, let me drag you down and you're going to stay with me because they don't want to see anyone else progress because they're stuck. Here at Axley, one of the things is that you are who you hang out with. You mm-hmm. are who you surround yourself with. So if everybody's going to the top, if everybody is getting bigger, stronger, better, then we have to grab you with us. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's it's a push pull system. Hey, I'm getting better. I'm not gonna allow you to stay where you are. I gotta bring you with me. Why? Because if you're not making someone else's life better, you're wasting your own. Exactly.
1: No, I agree. Especially like what you created at Axe is like you have to see people win in order to win yourself. You have to. Like, yeah, it's exactly what you said is a push and pull system. I like, mean,
0: we, we have a choice, right? We, we're either going to see our family, our friends, people that we love, we're going to see them win, or we're going to hurt them, mm-hmm. make them suffer, and see them lose. So if you had a choice, which one would you choose?
1: I would definitely push through it, you know, right? be better. Just right. want to see people win. You want yeah.
0: people to win. Yeah. You want to see people get better. Right, and a lot of people—the reason why they don't do anything about it—is they could simply they don't know how to get someone to be better. Mm -hmm. Right, mentorship is about helping people get better. Most people they go to the job, their boss does not care about their money. Agreed. Right, their boss does not care if hey, how much money are you making? Are you financially successful? Are you eating at night? Mm -hmm. Hey, do you have everything you need? Hey, by the way, how are you feeling? No boss asks you that, right? So in here at Lead, your money is my money. Because if you're mentally not doing good, if you're emotionally destroyed, if you are not in the right state of mind, you're not going to perform. I agree. Right? I agree. So it's my duty, it's my obligation to go in there and make sure that you have everything you need. Because if you are good, right, then you are able to perform at a much better uh, you're much, you're able to go out there and attract better clientele. You go out there and make more commissions. Now your life is getting better. Your mindset is getting better. You're getting your money right and everything around you is changing. Yeah. Why? Because simply somebody stopped and said, hey, Isaac, how are you feeling, man? What do you need? What can I do for you? What are you suffering? What are you struggling? It's Let's fix things. that. The
1: little things that people don't do.
0: Exactly. It's the little people that no one wants to do. Mm-hmm. But those little things, and not being big things, that ruin our lives. So, what was your mindset like coming into the business, and what is your mindset now?
1: Mindset coming into the business, you know, you saw me firsthand. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview it it was like shaking. Yeah, I was shaking in my boots. But, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, um, I knew that's what I wanted. Like, I knew being in an uncomfortable situation was going to make me better. Um, so, my mindset, I would just say, it was like hungry. But still, like, that nervous Isaac that's is trying to, like, break through that shell. But I was still deep in that shell, you know what I mean? Because I'm new to the game. So I would say this coming into the to Axe Elite was definitely nervous, not knowing what I'm getting myself into. Um, but, like, when I look at my mindset now, um, definitely expanded. Like, I'm more, like, grateful for one. Um, more, like, hungry to win for myself. Really, like, goal oriented. Like, mm-hmm. where I, like, actually, truly want to accomplish my goals rather than just, like, writing a goal and be like, okay. Yep. And then just forgetting about the goal. So I'm more goal-oriented. But mindset-wise, I'm just... I feel like I'm more of a killer. I'm more of, like, my true self. Like, just becoming more of my true self. Not fully, because I got many ways to go. But I would say I'm more of my true self than I was when I first came in. Was the environment
0: here at first uncomfortable?
1: Definitely. Why? Definitely. Just, I mean... It's because it's new to you. Like anything, anything that's new is gonna always feel uncomfortable. E- even if I went to like a new security position, I felt uncomfortable because there were new people, there was a new environment. It was new for me, so I didn't understand exactly, you know, how to handle like change. You know, something that's new. So walking in here and it's just full of killers. Like I'm thinking, like this is like Wolf of Wall Street, like that movie. where it's just, like these guys are just hungry. They're more, they're sharp, and I'm like. Got mine crazy. is the hookers, mine is the drugs. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But it's just like the clean way. Yeah, the clean, clean way. way. Yeah. 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 yeah, But and I was just like, wow, these guys are just so. Just being able to see that, I'm just it, it made me want it. It made me. Sh- it showed me like you showed me pictures of people like, Waseem like from when before he came into now or like people like, you know the Leos, the Traps, and it's just like wow, like if they could do it, I can do it.
0: Did you grow up with a limited mindset in terms of success? Because no one in your family or around you were successful?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I lived, well, in Bristol, it's called Park Street, and it's probably one of, like, the bad areas in Bristol. It's not the bad. It's not There's
0: a, Park Street in Harford too.
1: Yeah, but it's not, <laughs> the, it's not the worst part of Bristol, I would say, but it still has its drugs, like, where yep. right, the environment. So my limited mindset, it was just like, you know, I, I grew up around that environment, so seeing that, and this is like seeing the rich people, like rich people in general, people who are wealthy, people who have money. It's just like, you know, they got that because of their family. They got that because they like it was given to them. It wow. was earned to them. So I had that that mindset growing up. It was like,
0: Wh- where'd you get that mindset? Was it instilled into you, or just is that something you personally developed?
1: I would just say personally developed wow. because I seen it firsthand. I would say because well, it's not firsthand where it's just like, hey, a millionaires giving millions to millionaires. Yeah. I seen it where it was like I'm in school and they're like really wealthy people, not really wealthy, but, like, successful parents were giving their children, you know, good things, like shoes. And I'm like, yep. if that's the case, you know, you could imagine if they're rich and then, you know, it passes down it comes, like, kind of like a cycle. So that's what I assumed growing up. And that's kind of a bad way of thinking. So yeah, that's what I grew up as. So what does money mean to you? Man, money is, like, freedom like to me. Like, it's, like, like not having, like, when you don't have money, like, you really feel the, like, the... I would say, like, the power that money has. Because, like, when you don't have money and you're like, dude, I need 20 bucks for food or I need $20 to fill up my gas, you're like, yeah, I need that $20. But when you have money, you have that freedom in order to, like, not really care. But you obviously have to watch your money, but it's more like, oh, I could fill out $20, ga- $20 in yep. gas and not worry about it. Did I you
0: f- always feel the money was freedom? Definitely, yeah. Right. And, yeah. And then knowing that you didn't have any freedom
1: and you didn't have any
0: money, Right. Did you ever believe that you're gonna be in a position that you're gonna make eighteen K a month?
1: Definitely not. Like like I said, like that limiting belief of myself, like only rich people like the only way people are rich is because it's passed on. That's like I never would have even thought of it.
0: You know, one of the number one causes of people committing crime, right, is because the limiting belief of knowing that I'll never get money. Yeah. So the only way I can go get money is by screwing somebody over, cheating somebody, stealing something from somebody. Because they got it, I don't, and I know I'll never get it. So the only way I can get it by getting a shortcut, by cutting corners and being a bad person. And that's the number one reason why people go and commit crimes because they don't believe that they can go out there and get it. I mean, I grew up in a refugee camp, Mm -hmm. right? And I didn't see any wealth. I didn't see any money. My dad was, you know... A cook when we came to the United States, dropped yeah. all his, you know, endeavors, all his businesses in Russia to come to this country, left everything behind. And the most money my dad ever made was thirty-five thousand dollars a year. Uh, yeah. Right. So me growing up seeing that, today thirty-five thousand dollars is nothing, mm-hmm. right? This is what we make it a day, this is what we make a month, mm-hmm. right? But for my dad, thirty-five thousand dollars, he raised three boys. He was able to hold the entire household. So in reality, if I was growing up, I said, "Yeah, you know what? Well, we're we're refugees, we're immigrants. You know, thirty five thousand. My dad made that. He helped. He he raised the entire family. Mm-hmm. So if I could just make forty k, I'll be okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's not true. That's not true because here's the thing: every year, inflation, things are going up in cost. Times are changing. Forty thousand dollars, thirty five thousand dollars is ain't shit. Yeah, exactly. Right? You, you can't help nobody. Yeah. Not your family, not your community, not your loved ones, not your friends. You can't even help you.
1: Yeah, you can't barely help yourself.
0: Right? Yeah. You can't. And most important is that people don't believe that they can go and attain financial freedom. And that's bullshit. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what level of education you have. I don't have any education. Yeah. Right? I barely graduated high school. Right? And I barely spoke English. But I had that hustle in me. I had that hunger in me. And I didn't have a limiting belief. Yeah. I knew if one man can do it, that means another man can do it too. And that means that I, as a man, can go out there and make this happen. And one day, me knocking on an opportunity, me knocking on that door, somebody's going to open. And guess what? I knocked on many doors. And eventually, damn, this is what I want to do. I want to go and sell. And I got into sales industry. And I made a lot of money. I build teams internationally, nationally, and I said, "Wow! Now I'm making 5k. Mm. Now I'm making 10k a month, 15k a month, 30k a month, 40k a month, 100k a month." And then once you start to touch that money, right, you no longer have that limiting belief because it's realistic. Yeah. It's realistic, right? So I think
1: a lot of people suffer because of their limiting beliefs. Yeah, I agree 100, percent and like one thing that like that's like living proof right there. Yeah, like yourself. Like, somebody who's coming out of a... Even you. Even you.
0: I mean, a year ago, you were making shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you were
0: cleaning shit.
1: And I was eating shit. And you were eating shit. (laughs) And
0: today, you're making 18K in one month. Mm -hmm. Right? Things changing. Things are getting better for you. Because you made a choice to say, I deserve more. I want to do better. Right? A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people, they're in the auto mode. Yeah, exactly. Right? They do the same shit over and over and over again, expecting different results. That doesn't happen.
1: It's like the matrix. Exactly. They're stuck in that bubble, that yep. matrix, that zone. 100%. got to break through it.
0: Okay, is there anything that stood out to you in your journey to become a top producer?
1: Anything that stood out to me? I would just say...
0: Because being a top producer is hard, but being a top producer at Axelite is even harder. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. Um, I would say, like, the one thing that stuck out to me is the commitment I had. I never had that amount of commitment to get something in my life. Like, when I, like, right after, like, the whole Friday, I, I did truly, you know, sit in my car and really thought about it. And I worked so hard, like, you know, I, I had some tears because it was like, damn, I let everything on the line go. And, I, like, I never had that passion. So, like, what stuck out to me personally was that passion behind it, that commitment, you know, that that promise to myself that I'm going to win this thing no yeah. matter what. And then, you know, obviously, I... Accomplished it, but during that time, I didn't know, I was unsure. But I, what
0: emotion did you go through when you did one?
1: Well, emotion it, it was just disbelief for us like, it was disbelief at first. It was like, Wow, I'm shocked! Like, I really proved myself wrong because I used to, you know, have that limiting belief. I still sometimes do, I'm not perfect, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, yeah. I still hold myself back to many things. Um, but I was more one of those people that you have to achieve it in order to believe it, not believe it in order to achieve it. So I'm yeah. like opposite. So yeah. when I finally achieved it, I'm like, wow, like yeah. it was just like it was worth everything that I did.
0: Yeah, a lot of people that you know don't have this confidence, this belief. They always say, I have to see it to believe it. Exactly. It's too good to be true. Oh, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna take it. I'm not one of those people that are gonna be blessed. And guess what? They get exactly that because exactly. that's what they're attracting. So you're proving yourself wrong, right? Now that you know that you touched the gold, you made 18,000 dollars, you made the money, you became a top producer. Has your belief changed?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It made me more confident in myself. It made me more like trustworthy. I would say like when you when you don't go with your word, like let's say, oh, I'm going to do this, and you don't actually do it. You feel like shit. But when you actually accomplish something that you say that you're going to do, it gives you that confidence boost. It gives you like, oh, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Put your mind to, like, whatever you say you could truly do.
0: What is the biggest change that your friends, your family see seeing you since you started here?
1: The biggest change, I would just say everything. Like, it's not just one thing. I would say mindset, just the way I move. Like, my lifestyle is just completely different. So they, And they just feel it. I feel like it's the energy itself. They feel the energy. And how old are you? 21.
0: 21 years old. Okay, I got 10 years on you. So, in 10 years, where are you gonna be?
1: A millionaire. A millionaire. A millionaire. Sipping latte with my office full of you know 5G kings and you name it. I like it. I like it.
0: What would you consider your biggest challenge and your biggest reward in 2022?
1: Biggest challenge of 2022, I would say definitely achieving top producer. That is my biggest challenge, and then my biggest achievement um, was, I would say, Young Hustler, weirdly enough, because it was the fact that my first Young Hustler, uh, because of the fact that I actually had that goal set many months before that, and I kept on missing it, boom, boom, boom. And then when I finally hit it, it was like a different type of feeling.
0: You have seen many people come. You have seen many people go. You have seen some of the leadership leave, right? What goes through your mind, and what would you tell them what would you like to tell them, like, if there was some piece of advice right that you could tell those people that have a left actually what would you tell them?
1: I would just say sales is not for everybody you know at the end of the day because it's really not because they went through it, I'm going through it now, you know everybody goes through it, but you know sales is not for everybody, so it's not on them. You
0: know. Why is the sales for you?
1: Because I believe in myself that I could actually do something out of it i see the vision behind me continuing on this path
0: what was your first impression of me
1: your first impression dude you're a scary man really yeah you're like the head honcho because you always have that stigma a boss is going to be a boss yeah you're to be like no offense like i thought you were going to be like a dickhead but it turned out you actually one of the most kindest people i've ever met thank you yeah of course thank you yes
0: your first impression of me this guy's a dickhead
1: but not in a bad way. I th- it was just any boss title. Yeah, anybody yeah. who has a boss title yeah. is just automatically a dickhead to me. Yeah. So it's wow. like that's where
0: did that belief come from?
1: All those experiences. I'm having shitty jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of dickhead bosses yeah. firing you. I don't
0: think anybody wants to work
1: for a shitty person. Exactly.
0: I don't yeah. want to work for a shitty person.
1: You don't even want to work with somebody who's shitty.
0: No, you don't. Let alone you don't. And th- and that's why I come here every day and I'm like, how do we make this? exactly i want to have fun i want to make sure that people are making money we're celebrating their success we're traveling we're popping champagnes, right, right? That, our entire culture is fun right and if everybody's just having fun guess what everybody's making money everybody's happy everybody's positive and we go home saying man i want to do that again it's kind of yeah. like watching a good movie or a good episode and like man, I can't wait to go back and watch the next episode. Exactly, and that's how it's supposed to be, right? A lot of people don't understand that they treat people like shit, and they expect their people to work hard. That doesn't work that way. You treat people like shit, you get shit in return. Oh, yeah. You treat people like gold. Guess what? You're gonna have gold.
1: I agree, and that the one thing that like st- sticks out to me like about that is. Most positions, like most jobs out there, they don't see the true value behind people. So they're not becoming their true selves. So you'll never know if that person is going to be, you know, one of the best of the best because of how they're being treated by their boss.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the biggest lesson of 2022 that has taught you?
1: Follow the proven systems. I would say like that's the biggest thing that, that everybody should follow is the proven system. Like whatever's in place that, you know, what made me money, what made, you know, all the other top producers money. And that's like the biggest lesson is to follow that route because it's guaranteed.
0: A lot of people, they, you know, they get a big head. Mm-hmm. They see results. And they say, man, what do you know? You're not on the phones anymore. I made it. I used to be on the phones when they used to walk under the table, you know, yeah. walking in their pampers. And that's the thing. The game is changing. But if the leader continues to evolve, They understand the game. They continue to understand. And a lot of people, what they do is that they stand in their own way because they want to reinvent the wheel. You know, that's number one pitfall of every new agent that we bring in, that we work with in any industry. I mean, in insurance, in real estate, in telecom. You bring someone in, you show them the system, you show them the blueprint, and you tell them, hey, listen, just follow this, and they can't stay consistent because it's too tedious, because they wanna speed up the process. You cannot speed up the process to receive success. You cannot. No matter how much you want to speed up the process, it has to go into a full cycle, and it has to be able to marinate itself and and become what you're looking for. If you speed up that process, you're gonna get shit in return. And a lot of people, because they don't see the results right away, Mm They want to speed up the process and they end up not finishing the process and then say, oh, sales don't work. Oh, this product sucks. No, in reality, you suck because you're inconsistent, you're undisciplined, and you didn't want to go through the pain. So I know you right now, you know, going through the blueprint, you're sticking to the process, right? You're implementing everything that's being taught. How many times have you thought about not doing it?
1: I actually learned out of experience firsthand. I was actually just going to mention that because though you – one of the things that you brought up from earlier was, hey, you got, you know, three sales as your first sale, one of the fastest. And the thing was me going from files to 5G, I was treating it kind of like the same, but I wanted to kind of make my own flavor because it was mm-hmm. like a proven system. So I shot myself in the foot so many times after times and it kind of made me like, no, let me follow the proven system like the files has. Let me follow that in place. I know it's different, but I know that it's going to make me, it's going to take me a lot further than what I'm doing right now. Yep. So until I actually started following that blue it up a notch. It like made me, I seen the results. Obviously it wasn't right away. Like I've been here for a year and it took me like almost a year to get top producer. But I would say like the, the journey behind it is worth it for one. Cause you, you look at it like, okay, you're grinding, but you're doing the blueprint. You're like, damn, this is hard. Like this is like, but at the end of the day, when you look back at it now, it's just, you know, a beautiful thing. It's just like you, what you did from beforehand, it was all worth it. You know, I
0: see a lot of people fail. And before destruction, there comes a warning. Mm. And a lot of people, they're too blind to see the warning. They close their ears. They don't want to listen. And you tell them, hey, you're going to struggle. You're going to suffer. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. It's going to get harder because you don't want to listen. And that warning of just change, just follow the blueprint, and then, nope, I'm going to do it my own way. When they do it their own way, they end up failing because they didn't want to learn from years and years of experience from other people. You know, has that paid off? Has that pay, Has it paid off to you to be able to follow the proven system?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like when you when you don't do the proven system, I feel like it just prolongs your journey even further. So why would you want to prolong it? Why not actually want to learn these things? So how of
0: things? did you understand that you needed to do that?
1: When I seen people making 10 ten thousand dollars you know on a month and it's just like i'm out here making barely touching a thousand it's just like what are they doing differently that i am like that i'm not doing and it's just i noticed like right off the bat like their they're success leaves clues exactly it's just their standards their discipline like manny's a great example i would say like for yeah. me because he when i was coming in the game he was killing it yeah like he was the one that he was the top dog killing it mm-hmm. so seeing him he was actually following the blueprint i'm like Dude, i wasn't even reading a book i wasn't even practicing my rebuttals and he's out here Watching him doing it as a top producer, it made sense.
0: What is the worst advice you've ever received in your life?
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, I would say money is the root of all evil. I would say like that's probably like, the worst phrase and advice you could probably get from somebody. Who gave you that advice? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody they all mad. broke. Exactly. Right. They your, all broke. Your student teacher, like your teachers back in high, like back in my school, like Bristol wise, like even from elementary all the way to like high school. Wow. But money is the root of all evil. That's what you people hear that,
0: that don't have money, they hate on people that do. Yeah. And they blame and say, oh, money is evil. No, the only reason why you say money is evil is because you don't got any.
1: Exactly.
0: But then when your mom is sick, when your dad is sick, when your kids are sick, you need money to go get that medicine. Mm-hmm. You need money to go feed your kids. You need money to feed yourself. You need money to be able to pay for your doctors. So money is not the root of all evil. Money is solution to all your problems. I agree. You know, a lot of people say, well, money don't make you happy. Dude, you just don't know where to shop. (laughs)
1: Right?
0: Right? You have no idea. I'd rather have money, right, than not have. Shit, yeah, money may not make you happy, but being broke doesn't either. Yeah. Right? When's the last time you saw somebody who's broke being happy? Yeah, you don't. So what the fuck is money? Does not make you happy. <laughs> have to do with anything. Exactly. I don't want to be not happy and still have money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And not
0: have money and not be happy.
1: <laughs> I agree, hundred percent.
0: Why would I lose twice? You know, it makes no sense. The
1: the best part about it is you've seen both sides, so you, you do. truly know. You truly yeah. know as a person like which side is better if you actually experience both sides. And,
0: and listen, I made money. Yeah. And I came from no money. Yeah, exactly. And I know being sad with no money, right? You're still sad, right? And then I've been sad with money. And it doesn't say, oh, your sadness goes away automatically just because you have money. No. I just recently lost my uncle. Was I sad? Yeah, I was very sad. But you know what? By having money, I was able to put my dad on a plane, make him travel to Dubai, right? First class from there to Russia. All zones, all roads are closed. He had to pay people to get through those zones, to get to the hospital. They didn't let no one in the hospital because he came from US. Oh, you have to wait two weeks. My uncle didn't have two weeks. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Benjamin Franklin opened many doors. <laughs>
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So you can't say yeah. money don't make you happy or money is a rootable evil because shit, at that point, money was everything. It because it got my dad to see his brother and was able to say his goodbyes.
1: Exactly. That's a, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. A powerful thing to do. Like somebody who didn't have money, they wouldn't even have they, came they, there. They, 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 have, they have no leverage. Exactly.
0: They have exactly. no opportunities. They have no options. They have no choices. And that's why they go and their modern day slavery.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: They have to accept whatever is given. They have to take whatever they can take. And they hope things are going to change. Nothing is going to change unless you do something about
1: it. I would say that's a, that's another thing I learned from X is like you have to go get it. You can't just be patient. You have and, to. You can't just be patient about changing if you're not doing any action. You got to take that action.
0: You know, people talk about law of attraction. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go watch Secret. I'm gonna sit on my couch. I'm gonna write myself a fake million dollar check, and then I'm gonna bring it into the existence. Right. Doesn't work that way, right? You have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. You have to be so intentional about your attraction. So you're saying, oh, you know what? I want to be successful. I want to make six figures, seven figures. I want to be healthy. Now you got to go and be intentional about those thoughts. Going to the gym, right? Making a plan. Creating plan of action of how to be successful. Changing your environment. And then you go and take that action. And if you don't take massive action, right? Nothing is going to come into fruition. I could be thinking about success. I could be dreaming about success. But if I don't take action towards success, nothing will happen. So most people, they don't understand the law of attraction without being intentional and combined law of massive action. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing
1: okay. Exactly. So I agree on that. 100%.
0: Absolutely. So here's the thing, guys. We're coming to the end of this episode. Isaac, I want to personally say thank you so much for coming on the show for being our first guest, for showing people that anybody can rise to be an entrepreneur. You came from nothing to something, to something amazing and something unstoppable. You have an amazing dreams. I know you have a lot of goals and I know we're going to hear more of you and hear your story uh, even more in 2023. So thank you again for being a guest on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you.